listening to CLNS Media, powered by BetOnline.ag. Go to clnsmedia.com slash roll. Use our promo code CLNS50 for 50% off your first deposit. Hey, it's Nick Gelso, CLNS Media, coming here at Garden Report Audio Podcast. Uh, you know, we're going to have a lot of segments coming through the offseason. Matter of fact, Tuesday, uh, we'll be filming Garden Reports uh, right in our studios. So uh, definitely check that out. But until then, I was asked to be on, privileged to be on uh, the Lakers Nation podcast, their news feed. And, you know, as usual, I mean, usually that's a 10, 15 minute episode. You bring on me. I, I know I can't stop talking. I think we went on for 40 minutes. Uh, but it was fascinating because though the situations are very, very different they're also very, very the same between Boston and Los Angeles, the Lakers, and uh, it's quite ironic. So uh, today we're powered by, as usual, betonline.ag. I'm going to give you the promo code for Lakers Nation, and it's uh, clnsmedia.com slash LeBron. I hate to say it, uh, but yeah, get over there and bet on bet on where Kyrie will land. Those, those prop odds are up, and uh, use that promo code CLNS50 for 50% off. And now I'm going to throw it to Trevor Lane. This is his show. He's allowed me to to borrow it and put it on our feed because, hey, man, it's a hot topic, and uh, I've been accused of being the hot take machine, so uh, definitely you can uh, harass me at CLNS underscore Nick on Twitter. And now over to Trevor Lane. Hey, everybody. My name is Trevor Lane, senior writer for LakersNation.com, and this is the Lakers Nation news feed. Guys, as always, we are powered by CLNS Media and LakersNation.com, your home for everything Lakers. And today's show is brought to you by BetOnline.ag. Today, we're talking NBA offseason. We're talking LeBron James. We're talking Kyrie Irving. We're talking about a possible reunion Boston fans aren't too thrilled with Kyrie at this point. So with that being the case, you can hear him laughing already. I've got Nick Gelso of CLNS joining me, who knows Kyrie, who knows the Celtics, and has quite a few things to say. Normally the news feed is just me breaking down the Lakers perspective. I thought this one would be cool. We'll bring in the Boston perspective and the Los Angeles perspective on Kyrie Irving and everything else that's going on with these two franchises that are just kind of a mess right now. Nick, how are you yeah. doing? Uh, Trevor, I'm good now that the season's over. I don't know about you, but like the minute that game, I mean, of course I didn't want the Celtics to lose. It cuts our, our year short, but the minute that game five happened, I, I, the, I think all of Celtics fans collectively went, <sighs> because it was just such an exasperating season. And I feel like, I don't, I don't know. I don't want to put words in your mouth, but I kind of feel like it had to be the same out there. Uh, it was to a degree, although it, it, it hasn't really been a rest because there's been so much turmoil since yes, then. Yeah. There's been something from Magic Johnson to the coaching hiring fiasco and, and all the other things that have been happening there. So it hasn't really been a, a sigh of relief or even a, a time to take your breath or anything or catch your breath or anything like that. It's been one thing after another in Lakers land. Uh, so, yeah, a little bit different feeling, but I do get where you're coming from. It was a long season. It was It was emotionally difficult seeing the team struggle, and I'm sure you can relate to that. Yeah, I mean, it's a different type of uh, emotional. I think probably for you, it's like, okay, you know, you're you're struggling, but you're building. It seems that you're hoping at least you're building towards something, but LeBron is the anchor. For Celtics fans, and, and I, I would say I don't want to speak for the media, but for me, I'm not a, a beat writer. I consider myself more of a pain-in-the-ass personality, but uh, <laughs> I, 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 like, Dude, it was more than frustrating. It was exasperating, demoralizing. And I think most importantly, Marcus Morris hit on it 
really right in the midst of it in February where he said, uh, you know, this just isn't fun. Well, it, it wasn't a fun experience for the fans. I could attest to it because I, I was telling you before we, we come on air, I went to a game for, as a fan for the first time in probably three or four years, you know, instead of going on, on the credential. And I spent like $800 on tickets to listen to Boston Garden, not just boo the Celtics off the court, but pretty much heckle Kyrie to go to, to MSG to play for the Knicks. So, I mean, this is the type of season you had. Well, so let's let's talk about that. Let's talk about that Kyrie thing because this just came out. This is something that's been been going yeah, through look, Lakers look Nation right now. They, we've got we've got yeah Brian Windhorst, who we know Brian Windhorst typically mm-hmm. equals LeBron, right, and, and mm-hmm. Rich Paul. Mm-hmm. But he says and this is a direct quote said as the possibility exists that Jason Kidd could be hired as the Lakers coach. I think the possibility of Kyrie and LeBron reuniting that door, which was deadbolted, has been undeadbolted and has now been cracked open. I think on Kyrie's radar, it's on Kyrie's board. He has had discussions with people about playing for the Lakers. So, Nick, the, the take that I've got so far is that even if he was going to the Lakers, Celtics fans would just be pleased to see oh, Kyrie go, period. Uh, yeah, I mean, well, there is a there is a new contingency of Celtics fans all right, there's three three types of Celtics fans. There's Celtics fans who are rational, calm, and realize that the potential detriment losing Kyrie is to the franchise. Mm-hmm. Then there's the emotional Celtics fans who I'm and I I mean I might qualify into this, Trevor. I mean, who are you know, just would rather – I'm going to get beat the hell out of for this, and I don't even care – would almost rather have fun watching their team, be proud of the team that's wearing the uniform, and be a semifinal or Eastern Conference final exit without Kyrie. Um, just because the, the franchise as a whole, as you know, how many years people would – I mean, Al Horford, that's not that long ago. He broke down the barrier of free mm-hmm. agency. Yep. So how many years people did – I mean, trying to get KG to come to Boston was a, a, an entire summer. Like, And the reputation was that, right? And then you had – prior to that, you had the reputation of Patino was lingering ML Carr. So guys like Danny Ainge, Doc Rivers, Wick Grosbeck, KG, Paul Pierce, Kendrick Perkins, you know, these are the guys that, that, that built the culture back to – the winning tradition that was so prevalent for the previous five decades or four decades. And I think that a a rational Celtics fan is saying, you know, is Kyrie worth knocking down or, or, you know, beating down the culture of the franchise. Now here's the thing. These are like, I haven't seen such polarization between fans, a fan base since Rondo, but this is like Rondo on steroids because there's the third Celtics fan, which I say Celtics fan in air quote. That is the fan that came, arrived on the scene when Danny traded Isaiah for Kyrie. So these are really LeBron slash Kyrie fans who team hop just like they do. Mm-hmm. And they're going to pretty much, uh, uh, they're going to support Kyrie no matter what he does. And that's the fan that drives me absolutely berserk <laughs> because it, I'm old school, man. I'm like oh, one sure. of those guys. It's like all about the franchise, the team. Name on the front and of the jersey, the, not the back, right? Exactly. Yeah, yeah. Okay. And the city, the city, right? Because LeBron has demoralized Cleveland twice now, 
right? So like that makes me nauseous. Now he's out in L.A. and he's getting a ta- sorry, but he's getting a dose of what losing feels like. He's never had that. Kyrie, you know, comes to Boston, and I just. Dude, I got to tell you, everything was great and smooth sailing. I was the biggest Kyrie apologist. I had his back. I, you know, I got killed on 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 uh, video segments. I got killed on podcasts for supporting him at certain times, and that happened all the way up until February first of this year when he just decided to start blaming the Boston media for the uh, the rumors about Anthony Davis, which you of all people know were planted by the agent by Paul or uh, Rich Paul. Yeah, I mean, we're hearing that they were coming from from all sides, that there were leaks from all different angles, and that's why you sure. heard so many different variations of, of pretty much the same story. But but you you go back to what was it October when Kyrie says, "Hey, I'm staying. Uh, I'm not I'm not going anywhere." Right? And, and thunderous ovation. Celtics fans are all excited. Yep. And then so February first, that's the date when this all fell apart. Well, pretty much. Uh, yeah, everybody wants to, to call it the All Star break, but truly, I I I'll, I won't forget it. I was having a meeting. I look over at the television monitors. I can see the subtitle captions. The team's down in at MSG, where you know the caption is. And don't forget, this this sucked the air out of the Super Bowl, which is a very LeBron thing to do. It was Super Bowl weekend, mm-hmm. and you know he rescinded that. That and people say, oh, if you listen to it all the way through, uh, you'll hear that he wasn't saying exactly what he was saying because there's this there's this culture that's now permeating from government into sports, where if fans don't like what they're seeing or they're hearing, they just call it fake news, even though you're, there's video proof. Yeah, so, we, we've seen that. yes, to, to answer your question, it happened. Feb- I mean, I legitimately got up from the, the, the meeting, called Josue Pavone, our, 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 uh, one of our, our beat reporters, and said, get in the car and go right down to Madison Square Garden because the shit just hit the fan. And, and he did. And it was then that, that he not just, uh, you know, rescinded that, that whole – uh, you know, if you'll have me, I'll stay BS, right. which, by the way, nobody knew about. Ainge didn't even know about it. Wick didn't know about it. At least they claimed not to, um, that he was going to say that. And also he, that became that at that point initiated his war on, for some reason, the Boston media. And I'm telling you, Trevor, I was there. Like, I, 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 I am friends with these people, but I'm also. Uh, I wouldn't say competitors, but we're we're all working with and against each other as far as covering the team. Who's first to get the story out? Who's going to be the most accurate, the most credible, blah, blah, blah. Boston uh, media had been overly fair to Kyrie throughout this entire process and had witnessed his behavior or, or actions towards the national media versus the Boston media. I mean, it, Trevor, it was like night and day you'd be in a press scrum he, a boston media member would ask him a question he would either ignore it or retort back with one answer real snotty and then god bless her i love her Kristen ledlow would ask a question about the all-star break mm-hmm. and he'd know the tnt cameras were on or the espn cam and it would be like a commercial for how wonderful he is so karma's a, a bitch though you know because he really really looked bad during the milwaukee series both on yeah. and off the court so, so whatever so at, at this point, you know, Nick, you and I were, were texting earlier today, and I said, so it's looking, I said something to the effect of, what's it looking like? What are the chances that, that Kyrie's leaving? And, and you said 100%. Is that, is that how you feel? You think he is definitely leaving, I, yeah, leaving the Celtics? I mean, I honestly, and I'm going to go one step further and say, how do we even know? I mean, Danny Ainge is a smart guy. And truthfully, 
Kyrie needs a sign and trade for him to make that big, 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 big bucks. Not that the Celtics will get anything huge in return, um, but he's got to kind of work with them. And I, I'll be honest with you, Trevor. I, I, I have no advanced, no knowledge, inside knowledge on this, but I, I don't know. Danny Ainge wants him back. I mean, clearly there's a disconnect between he and Brad Stevens. And Danny Ainge is, I, I would be shocked if he chose. Kyrie Irving, you know, and put Brad back in this situation. And again, no advanced, no, no inside knowledge. I don't know that Brad Stevens would want to stay if Kyrie stayed because I never seen Brad have such well, number one, have such a bad season, but look as exasperated and really looking like he's throwing his hands up in the air as I did after February 1st. I mean, they were losing. So like the opening of the year, I think they started 500. I expected that no matter what, because you know, you had the Hayward injury, you had to reintegrate big players, big personalities, and then you had the young guys who had success on their own and had definitely had uh, big heads at this point. I knew that was going to happen, but by the time January rolled around, Brad was fine through all that. You know, I'm not worried. We're going to get it together. January rolls around. They start playing. I mean, they had a homestand. They started playing supremely well, well over 500 in the month of January, and then February 1st, that Kyrie dropped that bomb, and from that point forward, I mean, I, everybody who wants to call me fake news and say I'm a liar, just look at the record since February 1st, and it, it says it for themselves. Look at all the pressers on our on the CLNS YouTube channel. It shows it. So, yeah, I mean, so it, it, I'm going to turn this back on you. Yeah. You know I've never been a LeBron fan. <laughs> right. <laughs> right? And We've I had those conversations. Like, uh, many times. <laughs> I, I don't like the brand. I got to tell you, like last year when the Celtics got eliminated, and I'm not going to pinpoint any immediate Cleveland media members. I mean, there's some that are really, really good. But the the, the game seven where uh, the Celtics got eliminated by the Cavs, LeBron is doing his normal, and I'm sure you've seen this all year, at the podium with the play-by-play in front of him, the mm-hmm. breakdown from PR. Yeah. And I'm sure he remembered, but like he kept glancing down, whatever. If he was reading it, if he wasn't, that's not the point. There's a lot of guys that do that. It's so annoying. But the Cleveland media, I'm not joking. I got called by 98.5, the sports hub, to call in and talk about this. I got uh, tweeted because the the Cleveland media gave him a standing ovation. So I I, like my colleagues and I turned. I'm not saying it was everybody in the Boston media, but friends of mine who are in the media said that will never effing be us. Because at that point, you're just basically you're not cover you're not a journalist you're not covering anything you're really just praying LeBron doesn't leave. <laughs> right. So I'm not. Have you ever seen a press conference where the media gives the player or coach a round of applause? No, that's I'm not going to say. Take out the exceptions of you know players retired getting their jerseys retired or it's the last game of their career. That's like what Kobe. I'm thinking of. Yeah, that that those things are not not applicable. I'm but maybe, but maybe they do. Maybe they knew he's he's leaving. Well, I mean, even then, I mean, so a guy who's going to pretty much destroy your city, and I say that really liberally, but I mean, he has hurt the economy in the city, leaving twice oh, sure. in a city that's already struggling. That he claims to be his hometown. So I can't. I'm going to throw it back at you. Yeah. What was it like having LeBron James run your coaching staff, your front office, and having the temperamental Rajon Rondo with them who? You know, to me, 
after dealing with Kyrie for a season, I'd take Rondo back in a heartbeat because I couldn't stand him either, remember. Right. Uh, not a fan of Rondo. Not a Rondo fan. But I was a fan of his game, but I wasn't a fan of him. Um, but after this Kyrie thing, I'd take Rondo any day. Um, but how did it feel having that kind of chaos swirl around? And before you answer the question, I think the important thing to note here, and anybody who's listening to this podcast knows, you're talking about the two most storied winning culture franchises they hate each other but there's always that secret respect between celtics and lakers so for me that was a huge struggle with the franchise and what the the perception was going to be after this kind of really tumultuous season so la that has the lakers have they they you guys have have um Made it through Magic Johnson's uh, HIV, right? You made yep. it through Kareem retiring. I mean, that was a huge deal. Got to the finals two years after Kareem. There was no down period. It was like two seasons between, let's say, the Magic Worthy era, because Worthy played longer, maybe four seasons, and the Shaq era. Or, or, so this is the really the worst I think the Lakers have ever been, right? Oh, yeah. I mean, six years now of not making the playoffs. I mean, that hasn't happened. So talk about it. So, look, I mean, as far as the LeBron thing goes and having him in town and, and all of that kind of stuff, there was, in the Lakers fan base, my perception of it was that there was always about 50% of the fans that weren't thrilled about, about LeBron coming. And mm-hmm. when he first came and, and the Lakers started winning games and they were the four seed in the West on, mm-hmm, on Christmas mm-hmm. Day and all of that kind of stuff, mm-hmm. things had started to turn a little bit. and People were, were a little bit more welcoming of him because, hey, he's helping the Lakers win and the Lakers are right. Are, That's all that matters team, right? in the end. Yeah, right. you win games and you know winning cures all. Uh, right. It's the games where you could see the defensive effort wasn't there, when you oh, could see dang. he didn't rotate out. Um, Sounds very similar. You know, things things of that nature. The body language wasn't great, and the team actually mm-hmm. called him out on that. The team called him out uh, in, a, in a players' meeting. Yeah, they they did. That was brought up, and uh, and so he said he would you know try to be better about that stuff. But uh, but yeah, that was where the disconnect really really grew. Wait, with, with you say the team called him out, and I, I don't know how I missed this story, and I probably just forgot it. Who on the team? Uh, it wasn't. I'm remembering off the top of my head. I have to, I'd have to go office, back and look it up. It wasn't. It wasn't the front office. It was the players. The players were talking about it. This was. Um, yeah, I do. I do remember this. Never mind. Yeah, and it was I the. It was. It was something that didn't come out right at the moment. It was something that came out after the fact that they had that yeah. these things had come up. That players had had kind of challenged him a little bit on his his own body language and, and all of that. And there was kind of a re- revolt, it seemed, at least out here right. observing on the outside. You know, after the Anthony Davis. Uh, uh, rumors and LeBron really trying to make that trade happen. Like then, how do you go back and play with this, these players? You just tried to say, I don't want to play with. Right, and that's right? That's, that's what it seemed like. That's rumored to be part of the reason why the Lakers were a little bit hesitant on Ty Lue was because they didn't want to seem like, oh, we're just doing everything for LeBron all over again uh, and all of that. Lue. And that's and that's a whole other mess, right? I mean, I mean talk about again, the Ram- Kurt Rambis and Linda Rambis, the Rambi and all, all uh, of the Rambi, the Rambi, the Rambi. That's me, become a thing. The Ty Lue thing, like I actually was – I'm not – I'm clearly not a Lakers fan. I mean, I, I, like I said, I respect the franchise and respect the team. But as a person who respects the team, when I saw the Ty Lue stuff going on and on and on, and there was a part of me that said hopefully that they're doing that to bring in Kyrie too um, and get rid of him. We could get rid of him. But the other part of me was just like, damn, like – this is the Lakers, like the Lakers. LeBron is now running the franchise. You're going to bring in Ty Lue? I mean, I mean, you got to see him, what, a couple times a year, uh, twice a year out west. I, I have 
covered so many playoff series against the Cavs that Ty Lue, I mean, and I knew him when he was an assistant with the Celtics. He's a mm-hmm. super nice guy, but yeah. he doesn't, he, he's not the coach. Like everybody knows he's not the coach. It was laughable. Like, uh, Trevor, uh, last year during the playoffs, a pregame press conference, you know how they do them during the playoffs, they do right. the, everything is at the podium. Brad Stevens, you couldn't get in there because there was so much media in there. Ty Lue would talk to three or four people, and that's usually a good indicator of the res- – because Brad never says anything. Yeah. He just gives you a bunch of contrived B- – you know. Right. Yeah, mm-hmm. so it kind of shows you, like, Ty Lue, and now Jason Kidd, like, you might as well hire Mark Jackson. Because then you're <laughs> going to be point. doing – well, you're going to be doing the whole fan, uh, fan of the NBA uh, uh, service because we don't have to listen to him anymore on broadcasts. I always well, hope that Mark Jackson gets hired somewhere. Mama, there goes that man. Oh, what does that mean? <laughs> man down, hand down, hand down, man down. What does down, that mean? Man down. Like, it's Mark all like Jackson. all he does is try to get these, these sound bites so he could be on TV and on the next, you know, NBA 2K. I'll get beat up for saying that too. It's true though. Whatever. So Whatever. when we're looking at this this whole situation, and Kyrie and LeBron had this big split, right? When when Kyrie leaves leaves Cleveland, gets traded to Boston, all of that happens. There's this, this big fracture between the two of them. Then it gets walked back a little bit this year, and we hear that Kyrie reached out to LeBron and said, hey, you know, I'm, par- I'm paraphrasing, but said basically, I you know, basically said, hey, I now I understand where you're coming from more now that I'm mm. kind of the veteran and I'm around these young guys and it's, it's mm. more difficult than I thought and all that sort of stuff. And now we're moving towards maybe, according to Windhorse, maybe a little reunion. We're also hearing Kyrie did New York and, and all of that. So knowing the Brooklyn, knowing the troubles right. that that have come with LeBron and come with Kyrie, at the end of the day, it's still all about winning. If if the Lakers can put the two of them together, as much of a headache as it, as it may be with the personalities, if it means winning basketball again, do you do it? Again, you're you're a journalist, so you you've got to be very impartial in the way that you. And rational in the way that you 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 convey your opinions, right, or what you're reporting on. Yeah, I, I ain't a beat writer. Right? You know, I'm not even a writer. I, I get on a microphone and talk, or in front of a camera and talk, and I'm paid to give my opinions, whether it's you know what ends up being fact or it's speculation. I never ever have claimed a falsehood was a fact, um, but I'm going to give you my opinion, okay. and it's irrational. I'd rather have the Lakers concentrate on the culture of their franchise then bring back together two players who are toxic not just to each other but to teammates and to uh the fan base really when you're talking about you know Kyrie was toxic to our fan to the Celtics fan base um I, I just for me I I don't know that I want that I certainly don't want LeBron in Boston and I never have even in his prime um and I I don't want Anthony Davis because what's, what's going to happen is if Kyrie opts in or he, he re-signs with the Celtics, it's going to be a one-and-one. One. You're going to bring AD up there, and then you're going to have a whole other year of this circus. This is not Celtic-like, and you know what? It's not Laker-like either because there's not been many players who have wanted to leave either franchise after being there. And if that's going to affect – you're going to win now, you ain't going to win a championship. I don't care what's going on with uh, with Golden State and Durant. I, I there's still better teams out there than a Kyrie LeBron past his prime led team. And to me, the winning, I don't think it equates to um, the damage that it, it could continue to do to the reputation of the franchise. And coming from a guy who spent 22 years in basketball purgatory, 
you know, between 08 right. and 87, 86, you don't want to be there, man. You do not want to be there. You need your franchise to be the fabulous forum. You know, that's that's right. really what you think about when you think about the Lakers, at least my age group. No, and you know you you're not you're not the only one with that with that take. There's a lot of Lakers fans right now. They're saying, "Hey, we had more fun last season yep. or the, the previous season when the Lakers had Lonzo and Randall and and Kuzma and, and all the right. all the young guys." And then they go and they they throw up 35 wins and okay, we've got this potential for the future. They said they had more fun with that, even though the right. team wasn't as good of a basketball team when everyone was right. healthy as the team this season than they did now because of just everything that was was created, everything that came with it. And, uh, and of course, a lot of that is injuries. A lot of that is, uh, you know, the trade rumors and all the other things, roster construction. A lot of it, I think, was a lot of, lot of drama. It just seemed like not sitting with your teammates, then Rondo's not sitting with his teammates. Like, it just seemed to me like not just is it bad for your franchise, but it's bad for the league. It's just a bad look. But I wanted to tell you about the Braun call. Right. Yeah. Because I was in that I was in that press scrum. And truthfully, that was the week before February 1st. Right. When he dropped the bomb. So you're talking about when when Kyrie called up LeBron James. Correct. Yep. So we're in the press scrum. It's it's jammed in the locker room. Joe Sway Pavone, again, one of my reporters says, says to me, I'm so tempted to ask him if he's spoken to LeBron. And I'm like, I wouldn't even go there. So as he's talking, right, Kyrie's talking, out of nowhere he drops. And, you know, I called Braun and the entire scrum. Like these are these are media members and cameramen mm-hmm. just went, oh. Like it was like, <laughs> oh, no. And it was wacky. Like he just brought it up out of nowhere and then continued to go with it. It was a typical Kyrie off the charts, off the wall moment. And – Everybody was just like, oh, no, right? So after that, we go out to the to do our segments on the parquet, and Jeff Goodman works with us on the Garden Report. He gives his take, and he's like, I, you know, I, I think – I can't remember, but he's I, I think he's like, I, this is just so odd. And Gr- Chris Grenham, another one of our reporters, says, let me tell you something. If I'm, if I'm the Celtics, because Kyrie was, had been injured, I hold him out of going to, on that New York road trip. I don't understand – why, number one, he they'd want to go. I mean, it's a meaningless game. Number two, he's going to have to face the New York media right. right after this whole LeBron statement. And we're all like, yeah, you know what? He's definitely not going to want to play. Because at this point, Kyrie was still, for the most part, on the up and up. He was still a Celtic. He was doing commercials with his dad at Boston Garden. Mm-hmm. He was talking about having his number up in the rafters. He was doing interviews with Bob Cousy. Like, it was like, so we're like, why did Kyrie go on this road trip and then the bomb dropped? And that was that was really from that point forward, the Boston media got blamed for everything. And it was really started with the national media. So now you've got Kyrie, who's, according to you, probably on his way out. I mean, I guess I he never, no never he's kind of, it's Kyrie, I see him as this go. wild card. You don't know what he's going to do. You just don't. No, like, you like don't. The, you can't, like, look, Kawhi is hard to get a read on because he doesn't say anything. Right, he doesn't mm-hmm. talk much. He doesn't give you a whole lot to really go off. But of. at least he's but consistent. You, but he's consistent. He's consistent. You can kind of quiet. think, okay, right. he could do this. He could do that. He could do. He could have these options. Like I said this on a show the other day, it wouldn't surprise me anywhere that Kyrie went. Like he could suddenly decide that he wants to be an Atlanta Hawk, and it wouldn't. It wouldn't surprise me all that much. Could, or go play and play in Europe. Or, I mean, or go. Yeah, I mean, he could. He, just could, he is that know. complete wild card, and that could totally shift free agency this year. Because, look, you've got these teams, the Knicks, you've got the Clippers, who are both trying to get two. They're both trying to get two max free agents. 
And depending yeah. on where Kyrie goes, that could shift the entire thing. And he knows it. And as much as he says he hates the media and he hates the attention, he just wants to play basketball, the dude never missed a media availability until what? Exit interviews. He didn't show on Thursday. Now, we knew he wasn't coming when mm-hmm. we got there. We didn't know originally. And a lot of times they'll hold out players who spoke the night before, in all fairness. Right. But when your team and your cult, your, your entire team morale and the perception around your team and the fan base is up in, up in arms – to have the, the air quote self-proclaimed leader of the team not show to say, hey, guys, it's going to be all right. Like, we're going to get through this. Right. You know, we'll do we, we will be better next year. Right. None of that. The dude got off the plane and went right to Waltham and then probably flew to Hollywood to film another movie. So, you know, I, I just again, I, I'm in the camp where it's like. I'm not going through another season of of speculation because he is not signing anything else. He's going to do a LeBron. He's going to do a one and one if he comes back. And again, I don't know that Danny Ainge would agree to that. And then you got Anthony Davis, who I don't know if his father was paid by Rich Paul to say it. I don't know what it was, but out of nowhere, he he's talking about AD doesn't want to go there because of Isaiah Thomas. Like, are you kidding me? But he wants to go to the Lakers where Isaiah was treated more poorly. Like, it just doesn't make sense to me. And it's I love the NBA drama, but this drama has become surreal. Like, it's a circus. Well, let's let's talk about the AD thing. Let's wrap up with that. Yeah. So, Anthony Davis, we know he's going to be on the trade market. Let's say Kyrie leaves. How does that change the Anthony Davis situation for the Celtics? I, I feel there's no shot of AD coming to Boston if Kyrie leaves. Okay. That you was know, that I mean, was my that yeah. was my take too. Like, if you're Danny Ainge and Kyrie leaves, are you suddenly willing to give up Jalen Brown and Jason Tatum and well, your, your future to go year, get him? He may. I mean, after Maybe. this year, he may offer the whole the whole package. But I don't think Anthony Davis will agree to an extension. And we know what he did with with Dan, Danny and KG bickered all summer because Danny wanted, in principle, an agreement that he was going to resign and he gets mm-hmm. no trade clause, et cetera, et cetera, and. AD is not willing to do that. So I, but at this point I would not put it, I mean, Danny Ainge traded Paul Pierce for crying out loud, the, 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 you know, the face of the, and Isaiah Thomas, the two faces of the franchise. He'll trade trade anybody. And Tatum has taken such a huge step step back this season that I I wouldn't be surprised if he offered everybody, but I, I don't think that Anthony Davis is going to accept it. Why would he go to, from one bad team I mean, the Celtics are going to still be a playoff basketball team. They're still going to get out of the first round. They're still probably, they, you know, the Eastern Conference, it's amazing how it got so much better once LeBron left. Um, <laughs> I mean, it just opened it up, right? Right, yeah, everybody so, started to go for it. Right, so the Eastern Conference, but it's still, it, it, the Celtics are still have a town, because you're going to get a Gordon Hayward back, everybody's picking on him too, who is totally recovered and is totally synced up with the coach. I really believe they're going to sign Al back for a hometown discount, but or he probably give. He, he, I think he'll actually get a really good deal, but they'll amortize it over four years, so he'll find a four-year deal he can retire a Celtic. Right, I think that's right. going to happen. I don't know how many. I mean, I heard, and this is firsthand here. I, mean, I can't say who, but there sources. was. Yeah, I don't want to use the woe source <laughs> thing, but it was actually the source. It was a it was a player who okay. said. You know that uh, they don't know if they want to come back if Kyrie comes back hmm. on the QT. 
So I, it was said right in front of me to somebody, and I'm going to tell you who, but okay. uh, by whom. But you could guess, probably. Yeah, I, I've got a few guesses. Don't try. <laughs> I won't. I won't. <laughs> I will say this, and I mean it. I mean, before we go back to AD, uh, you know, at exit interviews, so I'm standing outside on the phone, a business call, and Marcus Smart comes out, and he comes over to, you know, say goodbye for a year. And I, I, put, I, I was a business call, and I'm like, you have to hold. I put the phone on hold, and I, I said, Marcus, like, you don't even know. And it was this was a, a t- tough season, but you have no idea how proud you made all of us to have you here in Boston. And he's like, man, that mean, just means the world to me, you know. So, and then that's true. But I mean, he's one guy that is a Celtic through and through. Right. And you know, here's a guy who comes out and plays in Game Five injured, only to have their air quote superstar leader not give it even half effort. So, so how about AD to LA? Well, let's. So here's my thinking, and I, I've been saying that that Kyrie is this wild card, but he's also kind of the the domino effect is what we're going to see here, depending on what he decides to do. Because if he's going to stay in Boston, then that increases the chances of them going for Anthony Davis. Now, I think, mm-hmm. and this is just just my take, and from things I've heard, is that the the Pelicans just flat out don't want to deal with the Lakers. They kind of like the they Pacers with yeah. with Paul George, unless they're mm-hmm. getting a huge overpay. They don't want to send him where he wants to go. Um, so it'll be interesting to see how that whole situation plays out. And if, especially if the Celtics are off the board, if Kyrie goes elsewhere, let's say Kyrie goes to New York or he goes wherever, wherever he goes. And then that prohibits them from trading for Anthony Davis because they don't want to part with all of those pieces. And and maybe Anthony Davis says, Hey, you don't have Kyrie. I'm not going to stay. I'm going to leave all these things. Um, that's going to be a really fascinating situation. Because the Pelicans have been banking on the Celtics being there with this huge offer. And that's part of the reason why they didn't take the Lakers offer. As they were told over and over again, no, you can get more from Boston this summer. If Kyrie bolts, that may not be the case. Well, I I still think they could get the same amount of players. It just depends on, on, you know, whether... I I think Danny will... If Kyrie leaves, I think... You know what, dude? This season, it's like everybody who asked you, what do you think about feel about the Celtics tonight? And I don't know. I just, first time ever, I couldn't make predictions. So I, I really can't even predict on this other than that. Why would AD want to go to a team without Kyrie and without all the players Danny's going to have to provide to make that trade happen? When it's time to make a hire for your small business, of course you want to find the best person for that job. Well, the odds are that person is on LinkedIn. LinkedIn Jobs makes it easy to get matched with quality candidates who make the most sense for your role. People come to LinkedIn every day to learn and advance their careers, so LinkedIn understands what they're interested in and what they're looking for, which means when you use LinkedIn Jobs to hire someone, your matches are based on so much more than a resume. LinkedIn goes further. They include skills and background, interests, activities, and passions. This way, you'll get the most relevant and qualified candidate early on in the process, and you can spend more time on candidates you're excited about. Customers rate LinkedIn Jobs number one in developing quality hires. So listen up. Post a job today at linkedin.com slash garden and get $50 off your first job post. That's linkedin.com slash garden. Terms and conditions apply. Let me ask you this. I mean, not that he has a choice, but if sure. he comes kicking and screaming, I don't think Danny's going to want him because we got this all over again. That's Go what ahead. I was going to ask you. So if, like, yeah. if, if Anthony Davis, if he is still saying... I will not stay. I'm going somewhere else. You'll have me for a year. I'll try for a year, and then I'm gone. You will not keep me. I Does Danny Ainge still make the again. deal? I, I think prior to this 
would see me on Twitter because I got trolled and I keep doing it on purpose to purposely get trolled. But basically I put it, can everybody now admit the Kyrie experiment has ended or it ended with in failure and fans are still saying no, it didn't. But anyway, uh, the, my point with that experiment is Danny Ainge has always been, and he's been right since KG, he's been able to convince skeptical players to come to Boston and he's confident they're going to love it here. But Kyrie has put out such bad messaging for the team Mm -hmm. that – and he's just been totally the antithesis of of what's happened in the past regarding free agency and trades and blah, blah, blah in regards to people – players liking it here that – I don't. I mean, I don't. I know Danny Ainge. I didn't talk to him about it clearly, and he's recovering from a heart attack anyway. Yeah. But uh, you know, I mean, uh, to me, if I were Danny, I'm not Danny, but I, I, I don't think he could have faith in that anymore because Kyrie kind of squashed that, and that's what I mean when I say the culture. That's really the cusp of why I can't. I don't really want him back. I'm gonna say one more thing. Yeah, and this is an old, old man story, so I can. I don't, I'm older than you, so I don't mind saying it. But <laughs> when I was when I was growing up, and like so, say like the mid '80s, Larry Bird always told this story that Dave Cowens told him his rookie season that if he he said you're going to do very well here, but I'm going to warn you about one thing: if you dog it, if you don't give it full effort, these fans know basketball. They know when you're not giving it your all. And it's coming from a guy, Dave Cowens, who is known to be like a master hustler, right? He right, just right. hustled his ass off. So you're, you're, they know, and you know what? They're going to let you know. And that kept ringing through my ears all in February, March, April, into the playoffs because I never heard Boston Garden boo or even heckle their own player like I did this season. And that shows you Celtics fans, they, I don't think they want to go through this again either. You know, I mean, when Mike Gorman, who's like the nicest man on earth and so pro Celtics, says this season was even too exasperating for me, and he said it on NBC. I'm not telling anybody. As I saw it on TV. You know you know, it's time now. Are you going to take another experiment with another player, Diva? I mean, I, I, Anthony Davis's talent is undeniable, but so is Kyrie's. I mean, Trevor, I never covered a, a. I mean, I got I covered Paul Pierce. He was on the back end of his prime, but I never covered a, a player in their prime that was as good as Kyrie Irving. But I don't want to watch him again. I'll, you know, I don't, I don't, I don't want to do not wearing green. If I were Brad Stevens, and I'm sure you felt this way at times too this season, I'm not putting words in your mouth. But back in the day when the Lakers and the Celtics didn't have names on the back of the jersey, I would have had them all take the names off the jersey, you know, and 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 say, look at this, this is a team, and if you got to make a fool out of them, do it because you got players. The young players have big heads. And the uh, veterans and the super like, – not the veterans. I know I'm not going to make that plural because it wasn't Gordon. It wasn't Al. And Kyrie is blaming to the media the, the kids, right? right? Who – think about this, Trevor. Those kids, air quote kids, took the, the, the Cleveland Cavaliers one possession away from the Celtics making the NBA Finals without Kyrie or Gordon. So now they have – and Kyrie was off getting a nose job instead of sitting on the bench supporting his team in game seven. So what my point here is that those young guys, if I'm them, think about it logically. I'm saying, well, this guy's in here. He's preaching to the media about us. He's preaching to us in practice. He ain't done nothing yet in Boston. He really hasn't done anything without LeBron James on his side. Mm-hmm. So who – like that just – like so 
yeah, man, that's I don't know. I could keep going. I, I don't want to prolong it. All I have to say is I can empathize. And I saw that tweet. Now, this is a good one, too, Trevor. So I saw that tweet and I immediately texted you and said, what the hell is going on outside this for the Staples Center? Oh, the protests. Yep. Yeah. And I'm like, in my head, I'm saying Lakers fans have a pulse because we always make Celtics fans always make fun of Lakers fans for leaving the games early and all all that and coming late. Uh, And so I put it out on Twitter. You retweeted it. And but anyway, everybody starts saying not everybody, two or three trolls are like, that didn't really happen. What do you mean that didn't really happen? It was fake. It was fake. It was staged. It's a bunch of kids. No one would ever say those things. I'm like, dude, I don't think you understand. Like, I'm not making fun of your team. I'm saluting them for having the heart and passion and the balls to say, you know what? We don't need LeBron. We don't need Jeannie Buss. We need to win. Yeah. I the mean, one it, kid. The that, one that's kid. It. I want to flip this back to you. The one kid, though, he said, my, my father had magic. Oh, yeah. My brother had Kobe. And I get this. I mean, think about that. That says so much. And they're like, oh, they're all 14-year-old kids. I said, dude, what do you think the average age of the uh, the average NBA fan is? It's probably 13 to 20, right? Yeah. They're going to actually tune in and be passionate about it. So don't make fun of it. So anyway, go ahead. No, and then I, I want to bring up something else, too, because i got to get your opinion on something. But go ahead. Okay. So, yeah, this uh, I had no problem with the with the protest issue. No, I, I, don't think, I don't think it's what's going to going to change anything. I don't think the no. organization is suddenly going to go, oh, there were 70 people or whatever outside of Staples Center. We better we better fix things. Let's get a new president of basketball operations. And no, that's that's not what's going to happen here. But at the all. same time, I'm all for people speaking their mind, people saying what it is that they that they believe in and, and showing their passion. That's I have no problem with that whatsoever. People get on Lakers fans for, you know, not being a knowledgeable fan base or that's that's what or, I mean. Yeah, right? or saying things that are that are incorrect. Or whatever. Yeah, but at least they're voicing their opinion, right? Even within the Lakers fan base, you've got a lot of differences of opinion. That's fine. That's okay. That's I mean, if you want to go big that's picture, normal. that's what this country is about. Right. And it's about having the ability to voice your opinion and say things like that and protest if you want to. So, hey, more power to them. Again, I don't think it's going to really change anything. No, it's not. But you know what? At least it Nobody. shows that they care. And it looks good. It actually doesn't look. It actually looks good for the franchise. Like the, to have the fan base care that much to say those things and to show up there. And it might have only been twenty fans, and ESPN zoomed in close on them, and it looked like a thousand. Right? I don't know. But to be standing in front of a statue of Kareem and and uh, Magic, or, you know, or whoever's out, wherever, whatever side of the Staples Center they were on, and be protesting that is quite ironic, you know. So. My question to you is Magic Johnson. Now, we all – listen, I love Magic. I have nothing against him. But we all knew – I remember when it happened. He got hired. Everybody laughed. We all did. Oh, this is going to be a disaster. And let's talk – I know we wanted to keep this short, but I don't care. I've been (laughs) wanting to know too much about the Lakers. Tell me about the Magic Johnson saga. So, Magic, I mean – Here's the thing about about Magic, the whole situation with making him president of basketball operations. Bringing him in, that's fine. I think the problem was giving him that president of basketball operations title. You want to bring him in as a consultant? Great, because that's really what you're bringing him in to do. You're bringing him in to be that guy in the room with the top free agents that can sell Lakers basketball better than anybody else. Right? No and he, and, he's, like and he's great. He's great at doing that. He's that magnetic personality. Yep. Use him in that role. President yep. of basketball operations, you need somebody who is there all the time you need a workaholic who isn't being pulled in a million different directions at once yeah you need like you look at the best 
people that are in that role. You look at Daryl Morey, you look at at, mm-hmm. uh, at Ainge, you look at, at Bob Myers, mm-hmm. you look at all these guys. Mm-hmm. Magic's not going to outwork right. any of them. The Lakers are going to be at yeah. a disadvantage there because they're going to work longer hours. They're going to work harder than Magic is because he's got all of his other business interests and everything else going on. So I didn't have a problem with bringing Magic in. The problem was the role, and I think that's what ultimately did him in. He's a brand ambassador. I mean, that's really he needs to be, and this is where I was going next. It's a great segue. He needs to be the Paul Pierce for the Lakers, right? So this is where I, where I will end just don't it, say the series is over after game one. Well, now here's the thing. <laughs> I mean, and I know it's funny, and it has to be funny to Lakers fan, any fan that's not a Celtics fan. But when you got it, first of all, Paul Pierce is a hot take machine. That's his job. He's working it's what for he does. his. He's working for the hot take network, struggling to get ratings. So, I mean, they got Mark Jackson as the, come on. So, uh, Paul is going to be a hot take machine. But the fact that the Celtics, perception of the Celtics was so poor, and you had one guy, the guy who pretty much gave Danny Ainge his biggest assist in in, in supporting a trade to get all these assets, is now looking at, you know, this team. If I were him, I'd be like, dude, like, this is unbelievable. So, He's the one guy that's on television sticking out his credibility, which is not – I know it's – I realize it's Tommy Heinsohn's credibility. It's the same thing. Mm-hmm. But he's sticking out his credibility. He's putting his butt on the line. He knows he's going to get his, his, his ass busted, and he did. But he's supporting your team, right? And so the fan base – and I have to keep telling myself these kids probably were four years old in 08, you know, that are fighting this. The fan base making fun of Paul Pierce makes me – insane i mean you look at a guy who had his own problems and and created you know immaturity issues right we watched him develop before our eyes into really a a celtics legend and no no man no woman no man no person has been on a bigger publicity tour for danny ainge and the boston celtics than paul pierce so for celtics fans to do that it 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 drives me crazy but guess what it's something magic johnson would do if he were on when he were on TV, he oh was, sure, right? Yeah. So, how did Lakers fans perceive Pierce? Do they make fun of him? I mean, was it like, you know, well, I mean, you it? you can't if like if you go on Twitter and you talk to Lakers fans, you can't bring up Paul Pierce without uh, without somebody making a comment or a joke about a wheelchair. Yeah, that's, and that's I mean, the way that's yeah, the way that goes. So yeah, I mean, Lakers fans don't have a very fond memory. You know of, the real story of Paul Pierce that, or anything. Yeah, you do know the real. story. Yeah, you I and I you, you and I have talked about it. Yeah, I don't know if I'd say it on air, but yeah, that that's a great story. It's true. So yeah, the wheelchair. I mean, and Celtics fans tease him for that too, to his face, right? Right. But when he comes to TD Garden, it's like um, your biggest cheerleader just entered the building. It's like I don't know. I, I don't know who to even compare it to. I mean, he, he, we'd be doing a stand-up pregame, and he'd come right behind us and photobomb us. Or on his Instagram, be videoing us and then put it on his story. I mean, this is the type of guy Paul is. He's just lives, breathes, and he loves the Celtics. And it's funny and it's kind of hot takey, but I, I loved the support. I didn't think it was true, but I loved the support because this team had been you just basically if you stub your toe, if you're a Boston Celtic and you stubbed your toe this season, the whole team would fall apart. Right. Any kind of controversy killed that team so to have the truth you know the the, the last champion uh, of the team out there unconditionally supporting you i give them credit i laughed at it 
but I give him credit, and I'm sure as hell not making fun of him. Sure. So that's my take on Paul Pierce. Although if it was Magic, I would totally have busted his sure. ass. Terrible. It's it's the same with Magic. You know, people parody Magic's tweets and the the way that he tweets about things, and and the fact that he's on Twitter so much, and just the things that he says. But ultimately, if Magic walks into the, into the Staples Center, he's going to get fans cheering at cheering for as him he and, should. and standing up and doing all that. Yeah, I mean they're they're legends in the franchise. But here's a, here's another good one. You talk about the culture, right? And mm-hmm. I, I know we're trying to wrap. Every time I could hear you going, ah, and I cut you off. So, you know, I got something else. To add. <laughs> it's all good. This has been uh, good stuff. No, listen. The, the Hondo, the John Havlicek tribute, right? Mm-hmm. So <clears throat> I did go to that game. I did cover that game. I'm not going to lie. And the only reason I covered it was to see the, the Havlicek tribute. Um, and Ainge had just had a heart attack. He's in the hospital. Your Havlicek stole the ball. You know, it's an iconic play in the history of the league. Uh, play call. John Havlicek, who won 10 championships with this team, I, believe, I think it was 8 or 10. The fan base, it's an 8 o'clock start, 8.30 start on a Friday night. The fan base was so drunk, and that's good when you're at Boston Garden and you're a Boston, or TD Garden, you're a Boston fan. And yet they came out and played uninspired, pathetic basketball. Yeah, and when I wa- – I'm going to tell you something. And again, like I'm not a beat writer. we got to keep remembering this. I'm not on the beat. At halftime, I left that game. I had seen enough because – for me, I was more pumped up to send give Havlicek a farewell, being a historian of of, of the Celtics, than the I, I I'd be truth, truthfully honest to you, I don't even think uh, Kyrie would know or care about who John Havlicek was. That hurts. I really don't. That's yeah, yeah man, that's I, not it hurts. good. It's like it's like saying you know LeBron wouldn't care about Kareem. Sure. Right. Yeah. So who who has become just such a likable guy, Kareem? Yeah, he really well, has. No, he has. Like, and for a guy who was who had the opposite reputation it. as a player, yeah. he was he was, I mean, he was he yeah, was just brutal right. to deal with. I mean, I mean, I didn't cover him, but I just remember the the interviews and you know. But uh, hey, listen, you're talking about the two most iconic franchises in all of sports. I think if you're to rate which franchise has the better chance to recover the fastest, who is it? Between the Lakers and the Celtics. Well, too most likely. I mean, yeah. If you're gonna, who's gonna recover the fastest? Ask me on what maybe July 10th, because I think that's what it's let's all gonna see, come down to. Let's see. Let's see. Uh, let's say, yeah, I, I get what you're saying. I was gonna say, let's say Kyrie leaves, and but you're saying if LA picks up, you know, Kawhi or, or something like that. Yeah, oh, well, that's a foregone conclusion. Yeah. The only thing is, you're putting all your bat. Here's here's what I think. Like. The difference. The Celtics aren't a dumpster fire. Like I maybe reward. I should reward that. That the, tweet. the front office is what you're saying. Yeah, the front yeah, office. Yeah, the front office. Got, on the Celtics, you've got you've got a player saying negative things. That player could part ways and or creating a negative perception of the team around the league. Whereas with the Lakers, right now you have the front office, which I think is far worse. Far worse. Where the Celtics have Danny Ainge and they have a great. They have one of the best ownership groups. One of the best, I would, I think, I, and I'm not being biased here. I really do think he's the best GM in the NBA. And you have a very strong coach, regardless of how bad of a season he had. So to me, it's the Celtics. Uh, but again, I think you're right. You got to see who who comes to LA. If I'm a player right now, I don't want to go to LA. I mean, you 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 you're going to a franchise in turmoil, being led by a, a man who's on the. I mean, I have to say, LeBron's still amazing. But he's not recovering for injury, from injuries as fast as he used to. He's starting to slow down slightly. Mm-hmm. He's going to start to continue to slow down. So, you know, even if he plays another five years, 
you're not going to get the LeBron you had when you brought him in. So, man, we'll see, man. I got to tell you, as a Celtics fan, and this, this, you guys could probably cut this out and put it and make a, you know, soundbite out of it. But I'm, I'm rooting for the Lakers. I am. I want the Celtics. The NBA is a better place when the Sixers, the Celtics, and the, the Lakers rivalry. are competing. Yep. I want. I don't just want the rivalry. I mean, even if the Celtics don't play the Lakers in the finals, it's just the league is a better place when those franchises and there's probably one or two others that I'm missing are at the top of the heap. Like, I mean, I I, res- I don't respect the Warriors to be honest with you. Like, and truthfully, like to have them be champions again is just pathetic. It's just I miss David Stern. Man, who who from? would yeah well, who who would be saying that who thought anybody would be saying that right now? <laughs> I know because you know what I'm thinking is you know I was I had dinner with Cedric Maxwell last night right and I said to, and he took he didn't take offense he didn't get mad but he he took objection to me saying that and and rightly so because he he was in a in in a, in a league of a much different league right. but he I, I I tend to feel that the NBA is being too ran by the players. And you're seeing the fallout now. You got players sitting in the stands with fans because they don't want to sit with their teammates. That's you guys. They got players fighting the fans. You got Westbrook going at the media like a child. You have, I don't care who, what media member it is, you just ignore them. You have Durant who wants to go to MSG, can't, can't handle the softball media out in Oakland. Oh, man. You that's know, that's you got, a disaster waiting to happen. Uh, you got Kyrie and that that whole – I mean, and then you got LeBron. These are all products of LeBron's career. That's what I think and the fact that – and let me tell you, I know a lot of intelligent basketball fans could prove me wrong as far as the – the uh the you know the, the the league being ran by the players i know there's a lot that hate that opinion mm. um and it sounds like a real white man opinion right and that's not how i feel at all i'm talking about the brand of the game like right so it should be like at least equal the players association should have a good say but let me tell you something the ratings are so bad right now the cba is going to go down and players it's going to change it's going to shift again so when that day happens i'll be very I'll be very curious to see how it all works out. Now, why did I bring up David Stern? Because I think Adam Silver is, instead of trying to squash the perception that NBA players are not happy or have depression issues because their lives are so hard, he's out there in Boston here at the Sloan, you know, saying, you heard what Charles Barkley said. He, he totally disagreed with it because he's out there saying, you know, uh, you know, he's, he's out there saying he feels bad for the players trying to fight their case. Truth of the matter is, David Stern would have just said, "Grow up." I think the league is. I think Adam Silver is a hell of a nice guy. He's brilliant, mm-hmm. but I, yeah, I he's don't done think some good he's, things. He's. Uh, I don't know what what. As far as what what he's done, I look at the the schedule that's been going on the with schedule. the way the way that they the way they have changed things, the way they're working on on player fitness and and health and and all of those things. I think that those are things that that matter in terms of longevity. If we want to see these players stick around longer, I agree. No, no, I agree. I, I think the scheduling thing just prolonged the season. To be honest with you, you should have just cut games. Oh, yeah. Of, I, I, yeah, you know, that would be yeah. preferable, certainly. But, it, you know, I mean, money talks. I, I don't see him doing nearly as much as, as, you know, everybody hates David Stern, but I don't see him de- doing nearly as much for the league as what David Stern. Like, we could close on this because it's kind of applicable, and this will be the last moment that people will hear so they can bash me if they want to <laughs> at CLNS, at CLNS underscore Nick. There, now um, you guys know where to get out there. <laughs> so, like, Magic, Bird, Jordan saved the league. But if there wasn't somebody there who was a master marketer, nobody ever would have known because it was on tape delay. 
So David Stern knew how to get these players not just to, you know, behave in a certain in a respectful manner, right? Or like, you know, show, show present the league in a very good way, but he also took a, a, a three guys and took a game that was barely nationally because it was not being t- on cable television, it was on tape delay, and made it a global. So, granted, right. he has 30, 40 years on, on the job, and Silver has 10 or whatever, five. But to me, Adam Silver, I mean, D- David Stern, he ran it with a, uh, a heavy hand, you know? And, and, oh, and to me, did. I think there's a little bit too much liberal. There's a little too liberal right now in the NBA, um, for my taste. And, uh, you know, that's, and there's way to put it, put with that, there's way too many three point attempts too. Now I really sound like <laughs> we should probably wrap on that though. <laughs> you, you're going to go uh, yell at some clouds now, right? <laughs> you know what I'm going to do, man? I'm going to go down to the bar, order a martini on this beautiful sunny day in Boston where I don't have to work cause there's no games. And, uh, watch my Twitter handle blow up once you release this with what an idiot I am. <laughs> Fake news, baby. Sounds good to me. All right, Nick. Hey, thanks so much for, for joining me and talking this all things, awesome. things Kyrie. This was uh, this was a ton of fun. We got into Kyrie. We got into the NBA at large. We got into Anthony Davis, the playoffs, everything else. Wide ranging. We covered a ton here. Uh, again, thanks for joining me, man. Really appreciate it. No, man. Thanks for having me. And I, we should do it more often. But let's hope we're talking about championships and not circuses the for next time we're on together. Sure, definitely. Let's, uh, let's hope that's the case. All right, guys. Thanks, everyone, for, for listening. Don't forget, head over to iTunes, rate, review, and subscribe to this show. We always appreciate it. That's how you, we, you let us know that you're listening and help us out with all of our, our ratings and all of that. And, of course, don't forget to support our sponsor, betonline.ag. All you have to do is go over to clnsmedia.com slash LeBron and then use that promo code CLNS50 uh, to get your 50% <laughs> sign-on bonus. Yo, and I got to – I'm sorry. I know you're wrapping out, but, like, how perfect is that? Because the number one discussed topic right now, uh, you know, when you talk about Vegas, ha- actually comes from betonline.ag, bet, betonline, where they have the, the Kyrie and Al Horford props so, – you know, them coming back to Boston. So I was, like I said, I was at exit interviews and that was the topic of discussion amongst the media. So, you know, head on over to clnsmedia.com slash LeBron and uh, (laughs) use that promo code CLNS50, get 50% back, man. This is great. I'll see you later. All right, man. Talk to you later. Thanks again. And thanks everyone for listening.